This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 48. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you all here today. And I've just had a really interesting last few weeks. So I'm super excited about the direction that the podcast is going and the things that I'm hearing from those of you out there that are giving me feedback. I'm enjoying bringing you the podcast and I really hope that you're getting something out of it. So today, I thought we might talk about emotional intelligence. Now, we talked a few weeks back um, when I did that podcast with Bridget about emotional adulthood and emotional childhood, and that podcast kind of leads into this whole idea of emotional intelligence. It's very much related and a lot of the concepts cross over, but what I wanted to do is actually do some research into this topic and bring you some of the ideas that the thought leaders out there are researching about emotional intelligence and how we can understand this concept in order to help us grow our own emotional intelligence because it's something that can actually be developed. And I think it's a big part of personal development And I'm so interested in that, and I know you are too, or you wouldn't be listening to me. So let's delve into this idea of emotional intelligence. There are a couple of definitions of emotional intelligence, so let me read you a couple of those so you kind of get an idea of where we're going. The first definition is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. Emotional intelligence is the key to both personal and professional success. The second definition that I found is from Dr. Travis Bradbury, and it's from the book Emotional Intelligence 2.0, which is a very good resource to study emotional intelligence. The definition that they give in the Emotional Intelligence 2.0 book is your ability to recognize and understand emotions in yourself and others, and your ability to use this awareness to manage your behavior and relationships. So it's very much like the first definition, but it's just worded in a little different way. So what we need to know about emotional intelligence is that it's a different sort of smarts. When we think of intelligence, we often think of IQ, and it was always thought that people with high IQs would perform better than people with lower IQs, but with all the research that they've done into emotional intelligence, what they've discovered is that having a higher emotional intelligence quotient, or an EQ, is critical in setting apart people that succeed from people that don't succeed. It's difficult to grasp it, but it really affects how we manage behavior. It affects how we navigate social situations. It affects how we make personal decisions. And also, people with high EQs get more positive results. 
So in doing the research, I found anywhere from four to 10 different competencies that they consider part of emotional intelligence. So most of the things that I read boiled it down to five things. And so I think that's how I'm going to approach it in this podcast. But first, let's talk about how it's different than IQ. Emotional intelligence is fundamentally different than intellect. And there's not a real strong connection between your intellectual self and your emotional intelligence self. So it's really hard to predict how well people are going to do in this emotional intelligence based on their IQ. The emotional intelligence skills can be acquired and improved with practice. So you really can't increase your IQ per se, but you definitely can elevate your EQ. And your personality weighs into this somewhat, although as we've talked about in the past with the personality profiling systems, a lot of our personalities are ingrained, but if we look at it from the area of the Enneagram, that is a personality profiling system that allows for growth and development. And so if you look at your basic personality or your basic emotional intelligence, those are things that you can learn to develop, not necessarily changing your personality, but developing the emotional skills in order to grow into a better version of your personality. And that's kind of what Enneagram is about. So there is a little bit of relationship between your personality preferences and your personality style and this emotional intelligence piece. So keep that in mind as we're talking about this, that we all have this basic starting point. We all have our basic intelligence starting point and our basic personality. And then this emotional intelligence, the way I look at it, is it's that piece that you can change and grow and develop. And that's what we really want. Now, research has shown that there's a really big correlation between people's emotional intelligence and their professional success. Your emotional intelligence is a foundation for a lot of your critical thinking skills and much of the way that you show up in the world to other people and to relationships. There have been studies that show that people with high EQs actually make more money than people with lower EQs. The one study showed that People with higher EQs made an average of $29,000 more per year than people with low degrees of emotional intelligence, which is really interesting. And it kind of reigned true for all industries. It wasn't just for professionals or people that deal with service professions like ours. It was true for all industries that people with higher EQs did better success-wise. Now, when I talk about emotional intelligence being able to be developed, that goes back to our brains that we've talked about before and the part of our brain that brings up emotions and that chihuahua brain that I talk about goes back to that because the emotional intelligence is how we balance that irrational brain of ours and that rational brain of ours. So in order to develop your emotional intelligence, you're going to have to develop those areas of your brain 
and the communications between them. So there's this communication between that irrational brain and that rational brain. And when you get more effective communication between those two parts of your brain, you become more rational and that develops your emotional intelligence or that emotional part of your brain. So it sounds a little airy and a little bit hard to understand, but if you think back to when we talked about that part of your brain that likes to give you negative things and cause you to react negatively, and then the higher part of your brain that is in control of that, that is part of this emotional intelligence piece, is that communication between the two parts of your brain. And that's why that you can develop higher emotional intelligence, because as you learn to control the different parts of your negative brain, and you understand your brain better, you'll be able to better develop these emotional intelligence skills. Now, there are three models of emotional intelligence, and I'm going to concentrate on the one called the mixed model, and that was developed by David Goleman, and he talks about five components of emotional intelligence, but I'm just going to briefly mention the other two in case you're interested. There's an ability model by Peter Salovey and John Mayer, and their ability model is broken down into four things. Perceiving emotions, reasoning with your emotions, understanding emotions, and managing emotions. That's the ability model. And I'm not really going to talk about that, but I just wanted to mention it here. There is also something called the trait model, and that just has two things. And the first one says your understanding and perception of emotions. And the second part of this trait model is the use of personality framework to investigate trait emotional intelligence. So that goes back to a little bit of that personality that we talked about, but I'm not going to go into depth in those two models. I'm going to stick with the mixed model by David Goldman. Now, the five parts of the mixed model, according to David Goldman, are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. So we're going to talk about each one of these things and how they relate to us in our daily life. The first one is self-awareness. And self-awareness is basically your ability to understand yourself, your moods, the things that motivate you, understanding the effects that you have on other people. And Goldman says that in order to achieve a state of complete self-awareness, You must be able to monitor your emotional state and identify your emotions. And this goes back to our talk about emotional childhood and emotional adulthood. It's really important when we're developing in our life to become self-aware of our feelings and our emotions. And we've talked about this before, how our thoughts create our feelings. And once you start to develop that skill of understanding the emotions that are coming up for you, that's going to go a long way into helping you develop this thing called emotional intelligence. So for example, if I'm in an exam room and I start to feel uptight because of something that's going on with a client, let's say they're a little bit abusive or they're a little bit snarky and they're not being totally nice to me or they're being a little judgmental and they're bringing up things that raise 
like a fear emotion in me. My little chihuahua brain starts feeling fear because this person's being aggressive or I start to get confused because they're challenging me in some way in the exam room. The ability for me to quickly understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling is part of this emotional intelligence. So if I can start feeling stressed or confused because of of the way a client's treating me, and I can stop for a second in my brain and understand this and think to myself, okay, I'm feeling a little bit stressed here. Why is that? What emotion is this client bringing up for me? And why am I going with it? Why am I not handling it as well as I should? And if I can quickly process that emotion, think about why I'm feeling it, think about the thoughts that are causing it for me, then I can control it better and I can show up better for that client. And that's a big part of this emotional intelligence piece. So becoming self-aware is so important. Now, Goldman says that there are traits that prove an individual is emotionally mature. And those traits include confidence, the ability to laugh at oneself and our mistakes, and being aware of how others perceive us. Now, I've worked with people in the past that seem to have very little self-awareness. And what I mean by that is they can go into an exam room or they can go into a interaction with a client. And if the client starts getting aggressive or upset, that person doesn't have the ability to understand why they're causing this emotion in the other person. There are some people that I've actually had to sit down and coach about this because they don't really have a great self-awareness of how others are perceiving that interaction. And so that's something that you really need to try to develop is an awareness around how other people are perceiving you. And sometimes that's a really confusing thing. But one way to do that is by reading the reaction. What I have a tendency to do if I go into an exam room, if a client is starting to get agitated with the things that I'm I'm saying, then what I have to do is read that agitation and look at what I'm saying and how I'm saying it, and then kind of back up, back up the train, understand why they're becoming agitated, because it's obviously about something they're perceiving in the way I'm talking to them. And if I can change that, if I can change the way I'm approaching a situation, sometimes I can change their reaction. I can change their perception. So a real recent example of this concept was something that happened to me last night. I was late at work. I had to make some phone calls to clients about blood work. And I called a woman about her pet's blood work because one of our other doctors had seen it the day before and the pet was quite ill. And so I needed to call her with her blood work results, which I did. And as I was talking to her, I was telling her all the problems that we had seen on the blood work and the diagnosis that the doctor had made the day before. And this particular pet had a pretty poor prognosis. But as I was talking to the client about the blood results, I was saying things like, there's some anemia, and if we want to address that, we may have to go to a specialty hospital to get an ultrasound. There may be some more advanced testing that we can do to try to figure all these pieces out. But we really had a pretty solid diagnosis on this pet. 
And so as I was talking to her about going to a specialist perhaps, and there's different things we can do, I was trying to relay all her options to you. That's where I was coming from in my mind and my delivery to her about this blood work. But what she was hearing was that I was judging her about her pet's poor prognosis and the fact that she was thinking about euthanizing this pet. So as I was talking, she said to me, so you're going to think I'm a bad owner if I don't go to a specialist, which was totally not where I was going with what I was telling her. But as soon as I got that idea that that's where she thought I was pushing her, I had to back up and say, oh, that's not what I was saying at all. What I understand is that your pet has a very serious disease and our job together as a doctor and a owner and a pet parent, we have to make this decision for this pet. I just want you to understand what your options are, but I am in no way judging any decision that you make. In fact, I understand that your pet has a very serious illness, and I understand that no matter what we do, this pet probably isn't going to do well. So if your decision is to stop where we're at and just keep this pet comfortable for as long as possible and then talk about euthanasia, that's absolutely valid. So as I explained this to the client, then we both got on the same page. Now, if I was not self-aware and I didn't understand the emotions that I was causing in this client by saying what I was saying about going to a specialist, then I would have not been able to back up and I would have not been able to get on the same page with this client. So becoming self-aware of the things that you're doing and saying and how how they are affecting another person is super important. And when you realize that you're affecting someone in a way that you don't really mean to, then you have to be willing to accept that and say so and back up. That's what Goldman means about having the ability to laugh at yourself and your mistakes and then becoming aware of how others are perceiving you. And that's all encompassed in this self-awareness. So studying yourself and studying the way you come across to other people and then being aware enough to understand your faults and your mistakes is super important. Now, the second thing he brings up is self-regulation. And what he says about this is it's the ability to control your impulses and the ability to think before you speak or react and the ability to express yourself appropriately. Now, we've talked about this before on the podcast and how people with a high eye on the DISC model can oftentimes speak before they think, and that can be me, and I definitely have this ability to express myself on impulse, and that's part of my whole seven Enneagram, and we've all talked about that before, but that's what he's talking about here, is the ability to control your impulses and think before you speak. So he defines this as emotional maturity, and that's a component of taking responsibility for your actions, being able to adapt to change, and then respond appropriately to other people's irrational emotions or behavior. So even though I'm a seven on the Enneagram scale and I'm a high I, I am pretty good at responding to people's negative emotion or irrational behavior. 
I'm pretty good at letting that roll through me and not reacting negatively to it. Doesn't mean that I don't want to. It doesn't mean that I don't feel the emotion that they're sending to me because that's part of my personality. But when you develop this maturity and self-regulation, then you can control those feelings that want you to yell back at somebody when they're yelling at you. And you can control them and then stay calm. And it's not always easy. It feels kind of weird the first few times you do it. If somebody's standing there screaming at you in an exam room, you're going to, in a lot of ways, want to fight back. But what you need to realize in this part of self-regulation is that people that are screaming at you are not always angry at you. And if you can have the ability to understand why they're angry in a particular situation, then you don't have to go back at them. If you can understand that they're just trying to take out their negative emotions on something and you're the handy thing, then you'll have the ability not to react personally or get angry in return. And that's what Goldman means by self-regulation. The third thing he talks about is motivation. And motivation means having an interest in self-improvement. And I know you all have this interest in self-improvement or you wouldn't be listening to my podcast. And you all know that I am very much into self-improvement. And so what Goldman talks about is motivation and having strength to keep moving forward in your self-improvement journey, even when there are obstacles put in front of you in life. And this motivation involves goal setting, following through with goals, which we talked about on the podcast in the past. He defines being motivated and emotionally mature as having traits like initiative and commitment to the task at hand. He also talks about perseverance in the face of adversity. So if you're a motivated person, this is part of your emotional intelligence and you can develop this. So if you choose to be driven, you choose to set goals, you choose to have internal motivation rather than having somebody on the outside tell you what to do, this internal motivation and this drive to improve and become a healthier, mentally and emotionally driven person, you're going to be able to develop the skill of emotional intelligence. It's more about your internal motivation than somebody outside of you telling you what to do. So a good example of this internal motivation would be if you have a failure. Let's say you set a goal to lose, this is one of my constant goals, set a goal to lose five pounds in the next month. And let's say you don't make it. Let's say it's Christmas time and you eat a bunch of crap, a bunch of candy, and you don't make that five pound goal. The motivation, the internal motivation, would be the ability to not quit at that point. It would be the ability to say, okay, I just failed on this five pound goal, but I'm going to set another goal and I'm going to work towards it without going into self-deprecation, self-doubt, beating yourself up, going down all those terrible, emotionally childish things 
that you're going to want to do, internal motivation is going to help you move forward in the face of failure. And that's what he means by internal motivation or motivation in this instance. Now, the fourth thing he talks about is empathy. So empathy is your ability to understand other people's emotions and their reactions to it. Now, we all know that in our profession, we have to have a lot of empathy. But empathy can only be achieved if you're self-aware. So Goldman believes that you must understand yourself before you can understand others. And this is part of emotional maturity or emotional adulthood. So people in this empathy category or this emotional adulthood category that Goldman talks about would be people that have traits such as perceiving others, being interested in other people's worries or concerns, the ability to anticipate their emotional response to any problem or any situation, the understanding of society, the understanding of social norms, and why some people act the way they do, being able to understand and cope with someone else's sadness is a big part of empathy. And when you fully understand why you feel sadness and why you feel self-doubt, why you feel emotions, once you fully start to understand your own emotions, that's going to give you this empathy to understand other people's emotions, even if they're not the same as yours. So studying other personalities, studying the way other people react, the way you react, studying these things is going to make you a much more empathetic person and it can be developed. So if you're feeling burnout around empathy, which a lot of us call compassion fatigue and being an empathetic person doesn't mean that you're taking on their emotions. It means that you're understanding those emotions in yourself and in others. So when we go to compassion fatigue, that means that we're taking it all on and instead of understanding it, we're feeling their emotions ourselves. And that is something that you can differentiate. And if you can draw that line between your emotional response and somebody else's emotional response, that is a big part of this emotional intelligence. Now, the last piece of the puzzle or the fifth thing that Goldman talks about is social skills. And this is a big part of this emotional intelligence quotient as well. So social skills is the ability to pick up on sarcasm, to pick up on customer service and what other people want from you. It's part of maintaining friendships and relationships. It's a part of finding common ground with other people. And this social skills component defines whether you're good at communication, whether you're good at time management, because that's part of social skills, whether you can become a leader or manage a group of people. That's part of the social skills bucket, so to speak. And your ability to resolve difficult situations or conflicts. So your ability to negotiate, your ability to persuade people is part of social skills. And not everybody is born with great social skills. There are a lot of people that have trouble in social interactions and they have trouble reading other people's reactions. They have trouble understanding what people want from them. Some people have trouble in relationships or friendships, but this is something that we can develop. 
So some of us more naturally want to have leadership ability. Some of us more naturally have a grasp on handling different parts of personalities. But if you can be the person that can intervene between two employees when they have a conflict and you can find common ground, this is a big part of emotional intelligence and developing social skills. So if you're one of those people that struggles with social skills, get yourself together with somebody that's good at it, somebody that knows how to handle conflict, somebody that enjoys it, like me. You know I love conflict. But get yourself with somebody that understands customer service, understands relationships, is pretty good at finding common ground. If they're a harmony person in the Myers-Briggs, you know, get together with somebody like that and talk about these social skills. Talk about the struggles that you have because you can develop these social skills and therefore improve your emotional intelligence. So understanding that there are different types of intelligence and that it's your job to understand that fact and then integrate all these things into your life will help you to understand emotional intelligence and help you to develop into a better leader, a better veterinarian, a better spouse, better parent. All these things go hand in hand. Let me go through those five things again real quickly just to summarize. There's self-awareness, there's self-regulation, there's motivation, there's empathy, and there's social skills. So recognize and understand and manage your emotions. And recognize and understand the influence that your emotions have on others and that their emotions have on you. So this means being aware that emotions can drive behavior and impact people both positively and negatively. And if we can learn to manage our emotions, especially when we're feeling pressured, we are going to develop into a more emotionally strong and emotionally intelligent person. So just remember that your emotional intelligence is just a piece of the puzzle. You are a whole person. You have your IQ, which is pretty much set. You have your EQ, which you can develop. And that's what we've talked about today. And you also have your personality, which in, on some level is set. But you can also, with understanding of yourself, move your personality into a better place. And so as someone like me who is a Enneagram 7, I can understand the negative tendencies that I have as a 7 and move myself forward and handle the negative things about my personality better as I learn to adapt. And that can be a big part of my emotional intelligence development and therefore self-development. And remember that emotional intelligence is linked to performance. And so if you can develop these skills and get better at them, you're going to perform better. You're going to have better relationships. You're going to do better with your clients, the people that you work with. You're going to be a better leader. And you're going to be able to understand where you're coming from and manage your emotions. And you're going to be happier. And that's what we really all want. We want to be better humans be happier humans, 
have better relationships, and do a better job for ourselves in the world. So if you're interested in emotional intelligence, read Travis Bradbury's book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. It's very good. It kind of boils everything down um, and goes into a lot more detail than I was able to go through here. And do a little research on this subject. So if you have any questions or comments about anything I've talked about today, or you want to you want to go more into depth about any of this, send me an email at jacapeldvm at gmail.com or leave me a comment in the comment sections of the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, leave me a five-star review. I love that. And I so appreciate you being here with me today. I hope that some of these things that we're talking about are helping you to develop personally and professionally. And if you need coaching or you just want to talk a little bit about coaching, you can go to my website and there's a link there that you can sign up to speak to me. So if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. I'd love to talk to you one-on-one. Thanks so much for listening to me today. I hope that you got something out of this. I hope that you go out there and develop your emotional intelligence. I just want you to know that I'm here supporting you and I just want us to all be the best version of ourselves. So thanks again for listening to me today. Really appreciate you. I hope you have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.